right, well, welcome back to Apple Latch. My name's Chuck Cora, and I'm joined by the legendary Big John Eisner. And John is in the great state of West Virginia right now, where finally, after he was drug kicking and screaming, Governor Jim Justice finally gave in and did some sort of mask mandate type thing. So now the people of West Virginia will be semi-protected from each other with a statewide mask mandate indoors. Is that correct, John? Do you feel safer? No, here's <laughs> why. Uh, it's it's a really good thought, right? It's a good thought. And I, I give Big Jim credit on this one that he actually did, you know, the right thing. However, <laughs> in the same press conference, he said, you will not be punished for not wearing a mask. Oh, good. So, <laughs> there really is no mandate, Chuck. The mandate comes from what everybody already could do anyway, and that's where stores can mandate you to wear a mask, which they could already do. This is... It, it's kind of funny, though, because, like, this will hurt his re-election chance, and it literally was unneeded, because it's not doing anything. So... Yeah, I mean, he's pissed off his own his own side on this, and it's not helping anyone. Right. Well, and it was a good idea three months ago, you right? Know, when this pandemic started, uh, or even you know two months ago when mandates started coming through the door. But of course, that was back around the time that he was saying if you wanted to go to Robert Evans and he, you should go to Robert Evans. So we all know how that went. Well, he also, in the press conference, speaking of Robert Evans, said, if you go to Robert Evans or any any restaurant, you walk in with a mask, you sit down, you take said mask off, you eat, you finish eating, you put mask on, you walk away. <laughs> Those are his instructions. So he found it necessary to explain that to people. Well, to be fair, I mean... Man. Some people probably needed that. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, there's, but there's so many, if you scroll Facebook, which don't because it's, don't. To, don't it's toxic, it. but I've done it for you because, you know, I'm toxic. So it's all just a bunch of like bullshit of people being like, these are our rights and you're taking them away and yada, yada, yada. It's, Ain't nobody bitching about seatbelts though. Why didn't people like? How come I don't hear people bitch about no shoes, no shirt, no service? That <laughs> they'll bitch about adding more clothing to your body, but not less. I'll tell you. Well, <laughs> I, I speaking of Facebook, I I hate Facebook, but I just sometimes I can't help myself. And speaking of going down a rabbit hole, I always like to go to the comment section of the Parkersburg News and Sentinel. Oh, just just to humble myself a little bit that 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 there are a lot of people out there that are insane. And it took me two clicks, literally. I'm not even kidding. Two clicks. I, I saw an article is about the mask mandate that that uh, that justice put together. Two clicks clicked on the the comments, saw a crazy comment, clicked on a person's profile. Took me two clicks to get to this conspiracy laden rant 
where this woman was accusing Gilead, the, the pharmaceutical company that developed a treatment for coronavirus called remdesivir, that Gilead was making the, quote, coronavirus cure out of a lab in Wuhan, China, financed by George Soros. Well, they also said Bill Gates, too, was involved for, for the record. So, and that's a, he's a relatively new one on the scene of right-wing conspiracy theories. Yeah, he's really come to the forefront. I'm I'm waiting for them to like pull up Warren Buffett, <laughs> be like, he's the one. He's eating his because he eats McDonald's every morning. If you don't know that, uh, he's eating his egg McMuffin and making sure that we have to wear our damn masks. Yep. Right. QAnon said something about it on a on a forum the other day. I'm sure. <laughs> Jesus. Boy, coming off of that, it's like, can you even talk about anything else? But we have to. That's why we're here. Today, John, we'll be getting into this in just a little bit, but boy, I'll tell you what, we were going to start this episode today doing one of our more evergreen episodes on Appalachian stereotypes. We've got a lot planned in the pipeline down the road. We were going to do one of them, but then we got a DM about a video. This DM led us to what I think, Chuck, could be, speaking of putting on a mask, the fakest YouTuber I've ever watched. Now, I don't know. I don't know. Could be. We're going to do a little bit of an analysis, and we're going to talk about it. Way to tease it out, Big John. Well, first, we normally do an Appalachian of the Week uh, as Ye who listen to this show weekly will know. Uh, but we're going to do a little bit of a remix on that. Since the murder of George Floyd, John and I have been reevaluating a lot of you know what we talk about on Appalachia and how best we can talk about the black history in Appalachia and the contributions of black Americans to Appalachia. Because, number one, it's something that a lot of people, I think— don't know about the region at all. And one of the common stereotypes about Appalachia is that it is all white. So we want to try to do something that highlights uh, n- that highlights notable black Appalachians for our Appalachians of the week for the rest of this month. We're going to be talking about a black Appalachian each week for our Appalachian of the week. And we're going to be highlighting some of the important things that they're doing for the region and a little bit about them. And so this week, I chose uh, a man who is an incredible uh, human being, Frank X. Walker. Uh, He he has a huge resume, John. He is a self-described multidisciplinary artist from Danville, Kentucky, founding member of the Afro-Latchian Poets and a professor of African-American and Africana studies at the University of Kentucky, and probably most notably was the Poet Laureate of Kentucky from 2013 to 2015, which I, before doing this, did not even realize that Kentucky had a Poet Laureate. Frank is notable for many reasons in Appalachia, but one of which is that he coined the term Afrolachia, which signifies the importance of the African-American presence in Appalachia and is a perfect jumping off point for what we're doing by highlighting black voices in Appalachia. Uh, and so he said, the new word spoke to the union of Appalachian identity in the region's African-American culture and history, and it's dedicated to deconstructing and forcing a new definition of what it means to be Appalachian, which is pretty damn cool. Uh, he's published by my count, based on his website, nine different volumes of poetry, 
And in June 2020, uh, the city of Lexington, Kentucky, put up a sculpture to promote solidarity in their hometown or in their downtown in the wake of the protests over racial injustice. The words on the sculpture were taken from a poem by Frank and read, Unlearn Fear and Hate. It's a pretty impressive guy, one that I personally did not know anything about before starting research on this entire episode. And so I was really, uh, really excited to to learn more about him. And actually, I purchased one of his poetry books. And John, I would like to read a poem from it if you would indulge me. I will indulge. Well, thank you. So this is a poem from his uh, collection of poetry, Afrolatcha. And this is actually the poem, Afrolatcha. Thoroughbred racing and hee-haw are burdensome images for Kentucky sons, venturing beyond the Mason-Dixon. Anywhere in Appalachia is about as far as you could get from our house and the projects, yet a mutual appreciation for fresh greens and cornbread, an almost heroic notion of family and porches, makes us kinfolk somehow. But having never rid bareback or side saddle, and being inexperienced at cutting, hanging, or chewing tobacco, yet still feeling complete and proud to say that some of the bluegrass is black. Enough to know that being colored and all is generally lost somewhere between the Dukes of Hazard and the Beverly Hillbillies. But if you think making shine from corn is as hard as Kentucky coal, imagine being an Afrolatchian poet. Damn. That's some powerful stuff. I I love this, but I and I encourage everybody who's listening to go out and get it. You can get it on Amazon or I think the publisher's website, Afrolatcha, or any of the other uh, works of poetry that Frank has published. They're really good and tell a an important side of the story of Appalachia that I think seldom doesn't get talked about enough, which is the the black history of Appalachia. These are the people that we should be focusing on. These are the people that we should be highlighting. And I'm glad we're doing it. Frank Walker is, I mean, okay, I'm going to be honest. I'm not a, I'm not a poetry type guy. I, I did like forensics and debate and I had to do poetry. It's fun. And I like, sometimes I like it. I love the stuff that you've told me about and the poems that you've read because those pull me in. And if an artist or a writer or an author or anybody like that can pull me in. I'm sold because I'm, I'm, I've got all that ADHD and it's really hard to pull me in. In all honesty, this guy does it. These are the people we should be highlighting. I'm really happy we're doing it. Yeah. Um, I think so too. And I think that, uh, something that's interesting about Frank is that he does use poetry to tell the story of Appalachia, which I think is very uniquely Appalachian, right? Appalachians use folklore storytelling, uh, songs to tell the story of a region and Frank uses poetry and it's really beautiful and it's really biting and brooding and and sometimes humorous it really I think is important and tells an important story and he is a really important voice especially in Appalachia right now with all the with, with all the racial injustice that's being highlighted day in and day out for everyone to see, uh, but that's been rippling below the surface for a number of decades. He's a really important voice that we want to focus on. And so, uh, I, again, I highly encourage you all to go out and look up some of his poetry, buy some of his collections of poetry online, and, and support him and other Black Appalachians. In this town, baby, I can never get away. I don't want to leave, but you know I can't stay. Some about these hills and 
Here we go. We, man, I don't even know how to introduce this properly. So John alluded to a DM in the beginning of the episode about a video on YouTube. And that video is the source and subject of this episode today. The video is called Inbred Family, The Whitakers. And now I I can I can probably guess what you're thinking right now. You hear the term inbred and you're like, uh, here we go again. Well, if that's your reaction, then that is appropriate. Because here we f***ing go again. John, why don't, why don't you give the listeners a little bit of background into this video and the person behind it? Well, I'm going to try and do this as uh, objective as I can. So uh, we'll get to the subjective part. Let me be a little bit of... Gr- gracious for it, you. Gracious of Well, you. you know, I do have my moments, and this will probably not be one. So this guy, his name is Mark Leda. On uh, on YouTube, he goes by Soft White Underbelly. No, no, that's not John's wrestling name. That's the name of the channel. I swear, I'm going to <laughs> steal this fucking name, and I'm going to call up... Corey Forrester. Corey Ryan Forrester, a.k.a. the Buttercream Dream. Exactly. It's going to be Buttercream Dream versus Soft White Underbelly. Oh, my God. (laughs) What a f***ing matchup. All right, back at the issue at hand. Mark is uh, up and coming. Huge. I don't know if I'd call him up and coming because uh, he has had a very successful career. We're not going to shit on that. He's actually a pretty impressive guy. I'm going to do a little brief synopsis of Mark, but if you want, go look up more of him. Uh, so first career, he was an advertising photographer. Uh, we've looked up and seen that he did a lot of photography, I think for 10 years for Apple. So, I mean, he's a pretty connected guy. He is not a you know not afraid of you know being able to create content on the internet so one of his key things is that he has had this kind of revelation i guess you would call it that he is tired of helping wealthy corporations become even wealthier and now he wants to do this youtube channel where he focuses on people that quote unquote need help sounds all and good right we sound we, very noble we like that that's cool don't have anything against that. <laughs> so he started Soft White Underbelly's YouTube channel to display, quote, broken parts of society, end quote. All right. Again, that's cool. The The narrative here sounds good, Chuck. What do you think? I think, you know, it's got the makings for something promising, but... Well, I don't know, John, the way that you lead up to this and all the background information and research that I've done on this would suggest otherwise. Yeah, also the fact that we're doing a whole fucking episode on this, so... Uh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> there is that. We, uh, unlike Mark, we're not very clickbaity. We come up with titles that no one probably understands except us, but we like it that way. Mark, a little bit different, and we'll get into that. Yeah, everybody has their own style. <laughs> And it works for YouTube. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna shit on that. Yeah, it, got more views I mean, than we do. Um, yeah. I mean, so so real quick, like th- this guy. Um, we're gonna go a little bit into his background, but 
to give you just a brief overview, he posted this video entitled Inbred Family, The Whitakers, uh, about this family in a small town called Odd, West Virginia. It's in very rural Raleigh County. Um, already, you can kind of you know see where this is going. And, and we will get into the problems with all that. But to give you some necessary background into Mark, he, like John mentioned, worked a long time in, in corporate advertising, uh, was very successful. Uh, and he started this YouTube channel and has been routinely uh, scouring places like Skid Row, um, looking for people to interview, um, lots of sex workers, lots of people who have been addicted to drugs. His YouTube channel has over, I think, 200 videos on it of these interviews that he's done with people. So you can kind of get a sense already of, of what this guy's deal is. He's going around, he's doing sort of these man-on-the-street interviews in a way a little bit more formal than that. He rose to prominence, though, after interviewing a sex worker named Kelly. The video itself went semi-viral. I guess it got over 5 million views. His subscriber count ballooned overnight. He then started monetizing his YouTube channel shortly thereafter. But he ran into some hot water when he did this because he did a huge no-no, which is that he published the sex worker's video with her real name. Though he eventually took it down, it uh, doesn't necessarily add enough a forethought to the subject that he's interviewing and really, I think, just kind of wants to get the content there because he knows that it'll get clicks. Um, and he says when he does these interviews that he gives people between 20 and $40 to people who are willing to tell their stories. And he says those more at risk of being exposed, such as, in his words, pimps, drug dealers, or sex workers, he gives them up to $100, John. Ooh-wee. One hundo. <laughs> there it is. Uh, yeah, well, and just to kind of to, to give the listeners a sense of where this is going, it, the same Washington Post article said that the growth of his channel has sparked conversations with TV networks. They didn't mention who, but TV networks and about potentially making this into a show what he's doing with soft white underbelly. So you can already tell that this guy who's doing this, he's got some ambitions for what he wants this project to be. And we're not here to question necessarily those aspects of his motivations, but there's a big financial motive to this and to say, getting your videos noticed. Right, John? Yeah. I mean, what, why else do you, do you create content at this level and especially the number of videos that he's created? It's a, I mean, a massive amount. I think it's 349 videos, 200 of them coming in the last six months. I'm, this is a job to him, which is fine. There's a lot of YouTubers that, you know, that that's their job, but you got to call a spade a spade, just like everybody other out, else is getting called out in terms of YouTubers. You got to call someone out when you think they're exploiting someone. Right. And when they're, even if they're not exploiting them or maybe they're not doing it intentionally, if they're profiting off of other people's vulnerability, and that's the biggest thing with these videos. And that's where we come to the subject of inbreeding, which is something that Mark Leda has actually been covering a lot over his years, or at least so he says. 
So turns out he's been photographing quote unquote inbred people for quite some time. Uh, as we mentioned before, he, he, he earned his, he had a career, a very successful career as a, as a photographer. So he would occasionally do portraits. He would take portraits of people and he arranged a lot of them in a number of books, like coffee table books that he would sell. Uh, two images that he took of alleged inbred people, again, doesn't actually provide any evidence that these people are inbred, merely is operating off of his own assumptions. Um, he, he had these pictures and they're actually available uh, for purchase, John, at the Fahey Klein Art Gallery in Los Angeles, California, which I reached out to um, to inquire about this photograph. Still have not heard back from them from my Burner Yahoo account, but hoping to hear back any day, John, about the price of those. Great. You gave it away. They're listening right now, and you gave it away. <laughs> well, I don't think they're ever going to get back to my yahoo.com burner account at any time or any point. Well, then Mark should be pissed because, I mean, he's missing out on potential well, fake if customers. he's listening, you know, there's something you can do to change that. Uh, <laughs> well, so he published... <laughs> this photography uh, of these alleged inbred people in a book called Created Equal, where he has a lot of different people from different walks of life photographed together, big coffee table book. John, how much do you think that book goes for on Amazon to this day? They pay me $30 to take it. Well, that's generous. Uh, I don't think Amazon pays you anything because they definitely don't pay their workers much. So that was a bad guess. Try again. But I'm, uh, I'm gonna guess all that work. I'm gonna on the high side say seventy dollars. Okay, all right, interesting, interesting. Um, close, I would say. So I'm here on Amazon. Mark Leda created equal by Ingrid Sischi. I'm guessing that that was the person who probably wrote some of the the content in the book. Right now, Amazon has it available. For the low price, hardcover of $902.31. You mean to tell me that I got to sell a LeBron James rookie? (laughs) 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 No, that is fucking obnoxious. Well, but wait, John, wait. Let's not jump the gun here. Okay, all right, sorry. That was a hardcover. Oh, give give me the soft cover for soft white underbelly. Okay, well, this the the paperback cover is two hundred and forty nine ninety nine. Well, shit, that's a steal. Yeah, but you can't get it on Amazon Prime. They do charge for shipping. What does this tell you? Not much, but we needed a little bit of context here. Um, but here's the other thing, John, and this is again, we're gonna get we're gonna get into the video that we're actually talking about. But I wanted to give this background on Mark Leda and, and his work, and I wanted to read this one review about this book. Real quick, can I can I read it? Read it. This has no scientific value. This is just one person on Goodreads. Just nope, this wanting, is science. Per- All right, well, this is science. Uh, obviously, I do have a political science degree, emphasis on the science part. Yeah. And so I know science when I see it. This one review said, quote, This collection reeks of unexamined privilege. 
As I turn the pages, I feel like I'm engaging in poverty and disaster tourism and the ableist marginalizing and shaming slant to the naming of the photo plates is disturbing. How many photos are there of inbred relatives in this book? Why are so many of the women underdressed or portrayed as objects belonging to others? As disturbing, this is as disturbing as the little girl dressed in white as a trick-or-treater opposite the pedophile and rapist. I thought our reviews were bad. <laughs> well, this, yeah, this makes me feel a lot better, actually, about ours. Anyway, so that, that's a little background on, on Mark Leda, the guy who's doing these soft white underbelly videos. Let's get into the meat and potatoes of this and talk about the video itself. Inbred family, the Whitakers. John, walk us through, take us on a journey about this video. All right, well, imagine this, Chuck. You are sitting down at your computer. You're turning on YouTube because you've heard of this new video. It's, All a, right. vi- it's a viral video. Viral. Uh, hey, that, that term is sensitive nowadays. It is? Coronavirus. Oh, shit. Well, it's a... I'm kidding. It's I'm, a, it was a fucking joke. You thought we were going to get canceled because of Fucking that. cancel culture, man. <laughs> Oh shit! I mean, I mean the bacterial. It went bacterial. Yeah, it went fucking bacterial. I mean, uh, <laughs> so there's something that people should know before I go into this video. There's many people be- that believe that this is the Whitaker family from odd West Virginia is a folklore. It's one of those things that people have been hearing about for years. Now, it could be that this is the family. I have no idea because he says their last name in the title, but there's really no confirmation of. Uh, what their last name is in the video. And in fact, he claims to have been there four times and doesn't even remember their name. So uh, he has to go through it again because he can't remember it. Hate when that happens. But anyway, he he claims that this is the Whitaker family, like I said. From a point of view standpoint, you're looking at the point of view from him. So he walks up to this house. There are four people that are sitting on the porch or they're in and out of this door that really kind of isn't a door this house is what you would if you think of wrong turn or any of those like stereotypical places it's that kind of house it's really messy there are couches on the front it's not taken care of it looks dirty uh it looks like it's been beat up and you know it's one of the places that you wouldn't want to live and you the stereotypical home that's that's all i can pretty much describe it as i'm pretty sure that you can get the idea of it it's you know it's like a jeff foxworthy joke basically kind of yeah so obviously it's a very 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 poor family they're they're obviously struggling now he walks up and uh starts to interview them he introduces has them introduce themselves because he doesn't remember their names Then he, in particular, starts to interview one of them, and his name is Ray. So Ray doesn't really speak. Uh, He makes noises, and those noises that, if you go look at the comments, are kind of compared to, like, a bark, I guess you would say. Um, But he points, and he, you know, tries to gesture, uh, but he doesn't uh, speak very well at all. If if, I, I don't think he actually says a word in the video, so he obviously struggles there. And that's fine. But in particular, this Mark, the interviewer, decides to put Ray at the forefront of asking him questions when he knows that this is kind of a 
issue for him. Now there is a person there that I believe is this is Ray's sister, from what I can tell. Is that what you got? Uh, I mean, I think so. Yeah. So I'm gonna I'm gonna say it's Ray's sister. She speaks, you know, pretty well. She is able to have a you know have a conversation with Mark, but again, focuses more on uh, Ray than anyone else. Going through it, he asks very invasive questions. Um, he even tries to kind of get them. He, he kind of baits them into saying that they're incestuous. He says, you know, I've heard things about you. I've heard things about your family. You know, you all have a condition that is created because your parent, you know, he, he keeps baiting them through it. We all know what he means. They really don't confirm it. I mean, Chuck, did you think that they did? No, they didn't at all. He was trying to bait them the whole time. The whole time. I mean, he literally is, uh, you know, I've heard these things and yada, 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 which, again, a lot of people have heard those things because a lot of people believe it is a folklore of West Virginia. It's one of those things that has been kind of talked about throughout. Well, and for the purposes of the video, he's trying, I think this is this is our opinion. He is trying to get them to say that their parents that their parents were related, that they, that they were incestuous and that that is why they have these conditions. And it's pretty clear that he's trying to prod and get them to answer in that direction. They don't. And look, when you're watching this video and we don't encourage watching it, we don't want to give them any more views, but they have an appearance that like stereotypically is associated with incest. We're not, trying to opine one way one way or the other if these people were a product of an incestuous relationship because that's not really the point no the point is this guy wants them to say it so he could fucking use it as a snippet to get views exactly that's why he does it that's also why he decided to make it the title he did even though he doesn't confirm it (laughs) this is clickbait worthy that's why he did it now it's it's one of those things that, again, I don't give a shit <laughs> what the sexual relations are of this family. Like, it's, first off, none of my business. Uh, the fact that it's a YouTube video is pretty weird, in my opinion. Second, Chuck, I don't know if they even know it's a YouTube video. That's... Yeah, it's, it's impossible to tell. That's a problem, too. It's like, I don't... Obviously, they they were very specific and very open on how they lacked education. So, you know, I think they talked about, like, dropping out and really early and stuff. I think, was it Ray that was the only... No, Timmy. Timmy was the only person that had a high school diploma. Uh, right. Well, and, and he says that he gets all of his subjects to sign a release uh, when he interviews them. Right. But we... First of all, we don't see this in the video, and, and with the some of the individuals in the video it's difficult to say whether they would have the requisite capacity to be able to sign that document and understand what they were signing yeah and i have we're not here to question the legality of it but uh, like these are the questions that we have my you know and and i have bitched and moaned about the lack of broadband throughout rural areas it is clear that these you know this house does not have broadband nor does it probably have internet 
again, I don't know if they, they even know it's a YouTube video. So it's kind of like a video being made about you, but you never get to see it. And you know, who knows what they would actually think if they saw it, but I digress. So, well, and so as he's, he's, he claims he's interviewing, so he's trying to ask them questions. They answer some of the questions, pretty short answers, not really super substance filled. So it's not really clear what the goal of the interview is and what the value of it is, but it's, it's clear that there's a lot of discomfort in the video, but here, and this is where I think you and I take a lot of, of issue with is how he characterizes this video. And so this is a description John, I'm going to read directly from the description that's on the, the YouTube video. Quote, There is no way I would be able to confirm that the Whitaker parents were related, but given that this does happen in this part of the country, this part of the country, and the Whitakers are the most extreme case I've seen so far, I would bet that inbreeding was at least partly responsible for the mental and physical abnormalities seen in Lorraine, Freddie, Ray, and Timmy. So... Already, we're John. We're dealing with a professional inbreeding spotter here. Didn't that was not in his resume, but uh, so good to know. He has a weird obsession with inbred, like with incestuous families. Very weird, very weird. And so, uh, reading from the description again, it says to be clear about my intention with the family, I brought them pizza and soft drinks and paid them nicely which goes a long way in southwestern West Virginia where the average yearly income is as low as $12,000 a year in some counties. This was my fourth visit, and I've given the family a financial gift each time. So let's let's break this down a little bit here, John. First of all, the description here is this presumption of assholish privilege and a lack of understanding that makes my fucking ears bleed like the Steve Irwin of rural poverty going in here saying like what you guys don't understand is that these people are incestuous because I know and you don't understand that I give them a lot of money and it goes really far here didn't you say that one one of his books or something like that was either titled or linked to being like um, born what is it Created equally. Created equal. That was the name. Right. Of <laughs> this guy has a book <laughs> named Created Equal. When in fact his entire YouTube channel is focused on showing people who were not created equal. Yeah, it seems like there's already a little bit of a flaw in the design, huh, John? I, <laughs> <laughs> I don't get it. I I don't get it. I really don't. Well. I, I don't either. It's really, this is, look, it's almost like we're, we're, we're beating a drum that we've played year after year, but this is, it's the air of condescension is something the Appalachians are very familiar with, with people who aren't from here or who, who don't take the time to understand the region of people from it. Uh, this type of money goes far here, assuming that people don't understand that poverty impacts all aspects of this country. I mean, the guy is wandering around on Skid Row where people don't have any money and they live in Los fucking Angeles, which is one of the most expensive cities in the entire goddamn country. It it also just assumes that, well, I've done my due diligence here because I've seen lots of incestuous people, so I know that I'm right, and I gave them money, so everything's fine. 
And the fact that his own description <laughs> says, I can't confirm if this, <laughs> if their parents were related, but in the title of his video, he confirms it. <laughs> right, right. Like what? If you're look, if, if you're gonna, if you're gonna go out and say it, don't hold back T- you know, tell us what, how you really feel, but do not, <laughs> do not try to play us. Because it ain't going to work. The title of this episode will be Soft White Underbelly Creator Murders Woman. In the description, we write, we can't confirm if he's ever murdered this woman. (laughs) (laughs) That's what he is getting at. Now, you can make any fucking, you, you could say anything you want in terms of what you think of this family. That is your opinion, whatever. It's, but to create a YouTube video that 100% says that this is a confirmed case of incest, when in your own description you say that it's not 100% confirmed, it, it's ridiculous. This guy doesn't have the credentials to do these things. It's irresponsible. Again, it's irresponsible clickbaiting. Yeah, you can say what you want. Like, why don't you just say, like, in the description, uh, possible and you know just why don't you actually say what your description says you know what i mean it's just and the reason why is because if he wrote whitaker family from odd west virginia it would get zero clicks yep but But he knew he knew and chuck the weird thing about this you and i we looked up the tags of his videos before this all of his tags were only soft white underbelly which Makes sense. That's his channel. But on this one, he made sure to tag incestuous family, or what was it? Inbred family. That's what it was. Inbred family. He made sure to put that in there because he knew it'd get clicks. This is the exact same playbook that clickbait websites used to get clicks. It's just so disingenuous. It is saying something in the title to get clicks, then admitting, well, I don't really know what I'm talking about. It's stupid. And... The, the he doesn't provide any evidence whatsoever it doesn't matter like the the it does not matter if they're inbred or not again i will say that it does not matter it is not really my business uh you can think what you want of this family I, their living situation is really sad and really it looks like by all stretch of the imagination like a really really difficult way of life um but it's not for us to be the judge and jury of that it's not his story to tell, and it's not his story to profit off of. You're not doing the thing that you're claiming to do. You, you're you not helping anyone. That fucking Little Caesars pizza in that Mountain Dew didn't do shit. I hate to tell you that, Mark. <laughs> didn't do shit. And probably the financial gift that you actually don't disclaim does nothing either. You will recall that I said he gave them pizza and soft drinks, um, I guess as a as a peace offering or something or i cannot help but think that this perpetuates one of the stereotypes that you and i talked about in a previous episode mountain dew mouth about drinking soda so if you notice in the video almost all of them have a soda bottle that they're holding on to now was that the soda that he gave them or was it one that they had before i don't know but he's giving them soda and you can't help but ask did he do that on purpose because he wanted to give that imagery? 
that's not for me. I'm not saying that he did that. I'm not saying that he did that, but it is very coincidental. You can make any art. I don't know Mark. I pro- Mark is probably a decent person, right? And maybe he started this YouTube channel in this series to really help people. There are videos on his YouTube channel that seem to be okay. And you look at the titles, they're not as clickbaity, and but <laughs> they have about, I don't know, uh, 1.8 million views less. So, <laughs> so I think Mark's starting to figure out, uh, YouTube, but anyway, Mark's, you know, he, he might be a good guy. Maybe he thinks he's doing the right thing. This, this comes off really shitty. And the fact is you can't tell me <laughs> that you couldn't have interviewed them elsewhere. Maybe they don't have transportation. Let's make that argument. You can't do it while they're walking. You can't do it while, you know, you had to do it at their house. You you had to make sure that you walked inside their house, which I thought was the weirdest thing. Like he just walks right in. When you mention that, it's actually it's worth dialing back to the very beginning of the video where he has some scrolling text that talks about this. And it actually seems like he just intruded on them. So it says, well, this is talking about his first visit when he did the Created Equal book. I, when I first photographed them was in 2004, that visit was interrupted by an angry neighbor with a shotgun who threatened to use it if I didn't leave. After explaining what I was doing, he calmed down and allowed me to photograph the Whitaker family. It, so it goes on, in July of 2020, I recorded a bit of video of something many of us have heard of but never actually seen. Again, alluding to inbred people. I strongly discourage anyone attempting to look for the Whitakers as their armed neighbors and the Raleigh County deputies both made it clear that curious visitors are not welcome. So it already sounds like he just showed up there unannounced and is just barging in on these family on this family to get a video for his YouTube channel. Uh, again, this all leaves a lot of questions here. We're not necessarily implying that these nefarious motives but we are pointing out a lot of these coincidences and a lot of these curious questions that need to be asked that would lead us to such conclusions right john yeah i mean (laughs) i just look he could have he could have done something to make this video have a point i mean something give us facts give us statistics give us some i mean he already claims that this happens in this part of the region or you know this region of of the country where show us some show some facts man like show us some statistics make your video at least mean something because the the thing that bothers me here chuck is that he started this youtube channel as he says to kind of make a legacy of himself because he didn't like the legacy he was already creating this isn't I, this isn't a legacy you'd want. Like, you're not you're, helping yeah, yourself. Like, with why? This. Why? The, you're using a family to get views on an internet website. You're using the stereotypes of a region, perpetuating them for your own personal gain. Right. Like, <laughs> I just don't get it. I mean, look, I think that there are certain aspects of his channel that could be good and and really eye opening. But for the people in the comments <laughs> that say that they, they, the people watching, have the right to know that this is happening are wrong. <laughs> you, you don't. You don't have that right. You don't have that right at all. Like, it's none of your business. Because, because you don't, th- this tells you nothing. Yeah. 
This exploits one family by operating under a bunch of presumptions that are founded on nothing other than one guy's own belief that what he is viewing is substantiating his already held belief about a region. That's what this is. And lastly, we have to talk about the money thing. We're, we're going to come up on that again. So he claims that he, and this is reading directly from the description again of the YouTube video, um, that he, so he links to his Patreon. So that's presumably solely for his profit. And then underneath that, it says there is now a soft white underbelly GoFundMe campaign to support this channel and to help some of the people in these videos. Here's the link. Let me read that to you again. And John, I want you to point out to me what is wrong about that description. There is now a soft white underbelly GoFundMe campaign to support this channel and to help some of the people in these videos. <laughs> so from that description, John, how much money is going to the Whitaker family or some. any of the other people? Some. Some. Maybe. That's right. Some. Maybe. Maybe. Some. Maybe. They, they might be one of the lucky ones. They might be. They might. <laughs> uh, all right. A couple things here. First off, in my opinion, you don't start a GoFundMe to support your YouTube channel. And you sure as hell don't do it in connection with helping people who are much less fortunate than you or that you're claiming to help. Third thing, you already have a Patreon. <laughs> Why do you need a GoFundMe? Well, look, I, so this GoFundMe was started May 25th, 2020. So roughly a month and a half ago, raised $30,000 so far. Significant chunk of change. But who's it going to? We don't really know. So here's what John and I say. We're not, again, outwardly accusing this guy of being fraudulent about this or anything. We just want more information. So... He should disclose how much of this money is going to these families or these people and who. How much are they getting? How much is the Whitaker family getting of this $30,000? How much is Kelly, the sex worker that essentially launched his YouTube career, getting from this? Just, you know, just say it. Say it. You know, if they if he discloses that, I will say this. If he discloses how much of this GoFundMe is going to the people that he does these videos about, and he lists them, and he says how much each is going to get, because this has a goal of $50,000, so presumably if this is all legit, then he's calculated this all out. How much is going to go to the Whitaker family? How much is going to go to these other people? If he does that, I will personally donate to this GoFundMe. You heard it here. Heard it here from the horse's mouth. You don't need to be secretive about it. Because it, when you're secretive about it, you have podcasts like this, or you have YouTube channels, or you you know, you know have content creators who are going to question your motives because you, you've not made your motives clear. Yeah, if you don't give an amount, you give yourself a way out. Like we mentioned, he's got over a million subscribers, millions upon millions of views on his YouTube page, uh, on his channel, and so presumably he could make a ton of money off of it. He claims that YouTube demonetizes some of his videos because of the content that is in them. Uh, stories that contain sexual abuse and, and the like, he says, get demonetized by YouTube. So he's not actually making money off of them. Uh, we don't have any reason to doubt that that's the case. So we're going to give him the benefit of the doubt on that. Uh, but still, we would 
like some more information about things like the GoFundMe uh, to better understand if uh, if any money is actually going to these people. It's totally, you know, if, if he wants to do it, it's totally within his right, and it, I don't have any criticism if he wants to do a GoFundMe to fund this project. I don't agree with this video, and I haven't really watched many of the others, but, you know, that's that's his right as a creator, and we're not going to say that he's wrong for doing that. But if you're going to say that, some of these people are going to get the money, then give us some more details because that creates some doubt in my mind. I'm still, I'm still calling bullshit on this. I, yes, I think that some of his videos do get demonetized. Just knowing how YouTube uh, has to act for certain advertisers. They don't want to be a part of some of the stuff he's posting. I fully believe him with that. But then it begs the question, why post something you can't monetize? And the reason being is because it gets subscribers. You turn subscribers into views. So he may not be getting any money off of a video that, you know, has, let's say, a million views. But we've already talked about how he uploads massive amounts of videos at one time. Like I said, 200 in the last about seven months. Those other videos that are monetized will make money and will make more money because of the subscribers that he gains from videos like the Whitaker video. So no matter what, this is benefiting him monetarily. You're not going to convince me it's not, but fully think that he is telling the truth about being demonetized on some of these videos. I, I buy that. I don't buy the fact that uh, he's losing money. Don't believe that at all. And I don't buy the fact that, uh, you know, this doesn't help him. He's posting these videos that are controversial, that get more people to click, not solely because he's going to make money off that video, but he's going to make money off the videos coming. It's like when you sell somebody a car and you give them the ability to come back to your garage. You sold them the car one time, they have to come back for maintenance, you're going to make money all the way through that entire car's existence. It's the same way with a YouTube channel. There you have it. Well, like I said, either way, whatever is true, tell us who the money's going to of these people that you've, you've profiled, that you've done videos on, and then we'll donate to the GoFundMe. But to wrap, like, I think to wrap this up, John... I'll premise this by saying that Mark Leda, very talented photographer. You look at any of his work, he does he does fantastic work. There's no doubt about that. I also don't have any doubt that some of these videos are really compelling and they tell compelling stories. Otherwise, he wouldn't be getting this type of attention and this type of views and this type of subscribers. But when you're doing something like this, you have a responsibility to tell the stories of these people accurately and fairly represent them. And I don't think that he did that with this. He, and he admits it in, in the description of his video. And I think that's wrong. And, and I hope that, um, I hope that this message gets to him because these stereotypes are so harmful to Appalachian, especially to West Virginia. We have had pop culture on our ass forever with the incest stereotype and whether or not this family is incestuous is immaterial and it doesn't matter what matters is how you are portraying them and he does so without any knowledge of whether or not they're actually an incestuous family and the interview itself is really i don't think i don't think you can derive a lot of value out of it i personally think that it is somewhat exploitative of this family 
Um, I don't know to what level they understood or consented to this interview or what was happening. Uh, whether or not it was well-meaning, I don't think really matters in my opinion. And I, I just think that more understanding of Appalachia as a region is required when you're doing something like this because this perpetuates that stereotype. Over a million eight hundred thousand views on this video in two and a half, three days. That's that's how you perpetuate a stereotype like this in the modern era. It's not your wrong turn. It's not your Beverly Hillbillies. It's shit like this. I guess my my final thing on this is, look, I, I'm fine. I really, really, really don't give a shit whether or not Mark is making money. I think if you create content, you should make money. That's cool. If that's your job, that's whatever. Obviously, Chuck and I's goal is not that. Uh, <laughs> otherwise, we would uh, we would quit our day jobs, I'm sure. Uh, but then we'd also uh, go broke. But I digress. Mark is uh, Mark's a talented guy. He is a guy that I think needs to he needs to learn how powerful his videos really are. And I'm not saying powerful in the sense of the stories. I'm saying powerful in the sense of the ripple effect that they create. I think that this is a person who has a very artistic side, very talented, but does not have the actual education, not calling him dumb to please don't jump there. I'm saying that he doesn't have the education in terms of, you know, looking at this from a psychological perspective or from a sociological perspective. He doesn't do the research that is needed to make these videos. He doesn't include experts who are actually able to educate his audience. He doesn't give a purpose to his videos. And therefore, no matter what he says, it comes off like he's exploiting people. Point blank. If you're going to make content like this, you need to do it in a responsible manner. Currently, Mark is not doing that. Mark could obviously change. Mark is also welcome on this show anytime. He can come and talk to us about everything. We'd be happy to educate him on why his video is so bad for Appalachia and anybody associated with the region. I concur. And we'd also be happy to uh, help him tell that story of Appalachia in a way that fairly and accurately represents the region. All right. Well, that was that. Oh, boy. That was that. I think, John, you mentioned earlier to me offline that because of the nature of this show, no beef today. Look, I think uh, I think everybody is, is pretty full after after this episode pretty had all the beef that they can handle but i'm going to uh use this time to thank our newest patreon april we really appreciate you listening and supporting us we appreciate all of our listeners it's uh, really awesome how we're growing and we're seeing growth the other thing i want to let everybody know is that we have a website chuck and you know this you know this because you built it (laughs) yeah well it's i will say it's still in beta and by that i mean working out some of the kinks where i fucked it up the first time but yes we do have a, a website at podlatcha.com that's to fancy it. i know right yeah you can go to it on your desktop or your mobile device the mobile device is going to look a little bit funkier than the desktop right now we're getting that fixed Pretty so go cool go there stuff. find all of our episodes on there um uh, more information about us we're going to be have merch there soon available for purchase and uh, a couple other things in the future. So really exciting and uh, looking forward to hearing your all's feedback on that. So 
Check out our website. Check out our Instagram. Check out our Twitter, Patreon, Facebook, if you still use Facebook. And uh, make sure that you... Make sure that you join us back next week. We'll have more awesome shit. <laughs>